0: Hello and welcome to the Poet Prophetic Podcast. Here is the next instalment of the Gourmet Gospel, continuing with section 5. Enjoy! Our Singularities Quotes Each one of us becomes completely himself, when in the Spirit of God he is transformed in Christ. Thomas Merton What God sees when he sees you is the real you, the true you, the one he had in mind when he made you. John Eldridge, Wild at Heart You first have to find out who you are, then you have to be it like mad. Quentin Crisp I love characters, people who stand out and are memorable because of their unique way of looking at the world, their eccentricities, their passions, their dedication to a cause, or some other trait that sets them apart. God, who could not stand to make two snowflakes alike, revels in the rich diversity of his creatures. It is the idea inherent in the body of Christ, where each part is distinct and unique with its own vital role to play. Thus, in the words of C.S. Lewis, Good as it ripens becomes continually more different, not only from evil, but from other good. According to Oswald Chambers, the whole effort of the Holy Spirit, who is joined with our spirit, is to express himself through a person's soul and life. As new creations, living letters from Christ, Our true selves are revealed to us. Sacred Selfishness Quotes The message of Christ to man was simply, Be thyself. That is the secret of Christ. Oscar Wilde, The Soul of Man Under Socialism we have to fight like hell to turn ourselves back to our own best natural selves. Utah Phillips. Christ has called on us to find our true selves. There shines the light of God. In the Disney movie, The Lion King, Simba knows he is heir to a great line, exemplified by his father Mufasa, but traumatized as a cub and forced to flee his kingdom, he opts for a quiet life far from the inheritance that is rightfully his. It takes a vision of his departed father, telling him in the commanding voice of James Earl Jones, You are more than what you have become, to steer Simba back to his true course and reclaim his inherent greatness. It is a calling similar to that issued by Marianne Williamson and quoted by Nelson Mandela at his inaugural address of 1994 as he became president of South Africa. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people do not feel insecure around you. We were born to manifest the glory of God that's within us. There is no need for self-effacement now. No need to deny the spirit coursing through your veins, to dim the light that illuminates you and shines into the lives of others. No need to deny your own needs, preferences, dreams or desires. Nor are you required to go with the flow, shun conflict to placate others, or accommodate injustice. The second commandment calls on us to love others as ourselves. And, as you may recall, this is all the guidance we need for our lives. See the two commandments above. So, in the words of John Wesley, Self-love is not a sin. It is an indisputable duty. Similarly, as Christian psychologist David Siemens notes, in the great marriage passage of Ephesians, we read that the measure of a man's love for his wife is love for himself. So there is no contradiction between love of oneself and love of others. They are mutually reinforcing. As Polonius advises his son Laertes in the play Hamlet, This, above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Remember this if in seeking the light of Christ within you and yearning to express it, you are accused of selfishness by pagan or Christian. Quoting Oscar Wilde again. A man is called selfish if he lives in the manner that seems to him most suitable for the full realisation of his own personality. But this is the way in which everyone should live. Selfishness is not living as one wishes to live, it is asking others to live as one wishes to live, and unselfishness is letting other people's lives alone, not interfering with them. Selfishness always aims at creating around it an absolute uniformity of type. Unselfishness recognises infinite variety of type as a delightful thing, accepts it, acquiesces in it, enjoys it. Singular Righteousness If a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. Henry David Thoreau Scripture likens us to good trees producing good fruit. As each person is unique, so is the fruit that each produces. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? The Bible also likens righteousness itself to fruit, meaning it too is expressed differently from person to person, We cannot impose a cookie-cutter standard of morality. We are released from having to produce the same fruit as someone else, and though we may treasure certain imperatives such as do not worry or do not fear, there is vanishingly little room for musts and mustn'ts, oughts and oughtn'ts, or shoulds and shouldn'ts in our discourse. Our whole law is summed up in love, and no one else can define what that means for you. We were not put on earth to homogenize the infinite variety of God's expression, and certainly not to clone each other's righteousness. Similarly, we each adopt a unique set of disciplines, rather like a custom-fitted garment. It feels awkward and uncomfortable to wear a garment tailored for another. In the words of Mark Twain, Spiritual wants and instincts are as various in the human family as are physical appetites, complexions, and features, and a man is only at his best morally when he is equipped with a religious garment whose color and shape and size most nicely accommodate themselves to the spiritual complexion, angularities, and stature of the individual who wears it. Some may lock themselves away for the Sabbath or religious observances, labour through reams of Scripture every day, pray before dawn like John Wesley, or three times a day like Daniel. They may even wrestle angels before breakfast along with Jacob. Like Christ, they may get up very early, pray through the night, or wander in the wilderness on 40-day fasts. But all this is compelled by love, not duty. Objectivity in Subjectivity Quote, In the specific is the universal. Colin Quinn, U.S. Comedian Now let us walk on a delightful path of logic. Paul informs us that the Spirit of God knows the mind of God, and likewise that your spirit knows your mind, Elsewhere, he points out that God's spirit is joined with your spirit. Putting these two ideas together, we have a golden thread joining God's mind to God's spirit, to your spirit, to your mind. In other words, your mind knows God's mind. We may reinforce this conclusion with Scripture's confirmations that we have the mind of Christ, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and that our hearts see with enlightenment. We are like the hero of Tennyson's poem, The Poet Who, saw through his own soul the marvel of the everlasting will. If we define our mind as subjectivity and God's mind as objectivity, then subjectivity and objectivity merge in Paul's equations. We are, as Tennyson puts it, in that mystery where God in man is one with man in God. This is a form of enlightenment that transcends mere thought and feeling. We see with the eyes of the heart, and the heart is the wellspring of life. Singular Mind The truth is one, but the occasions for knowing it are many. W. H. Auden Our divine mindset, however, does not confer on us a monopoly on truth. In biblical analogy, truth is akin to light. Shine light through a prism, and it refracts into the colours of the rainbow. The truth each of us sees has gone through various optical effects, such as magnification, refraction, polarisation, and sometimes distortion. To quote the rugby metaphor of Meredith Jones boyhood teacher to actor Richard Burton, truth is a shadowy wing three-quarter running forever down a ghostly touchline. Hence we will favour the pronoun I to describe our perceptions rather than the prevailing you or one. Nor will we be satisfied to let priest, pastor or pope do our thinking for us or impose what C.S. Lewis calls theological imperialism. In the words of John Milton, himself, not a churchgoer, Every believer is entitled to interpret the Scriptures, and by that I mean interpret them for himself. He has the Spirit who guides truth, and he has the mind of Christ. Indeed, no one else can usefully interpret them for him unless that person's interpretation coincides with the one he makes for himself and his own conscience. No visible church, then, let alone any magistrate, has the right to impose its own interpretation upon the consciences of men. Divine Folly Quotes Sanity is the playground of the unimaginative. Anonymous So man's insanity is heaven's sense, and wandering from all mortal reason Man comes at last to that celestial thought. Herman Melville Better a witty fool than a foolish wit. Shakespeare, Twelfth Night Of course, the mind of Christ will often put us at odds with mainstream opinion or the shallow assumptions of media and elites. Where is the wise man? asks Paul. Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Meanwhile, to the mind of the world, godly wisdom is deemed foolishness or even madness. Be not afraid then to be a fool for Christ and to reach unconventional or even revolutionary conclusions. This may be the spirit of God at work in you, dispelling the pernicious influence of unspiritual, puffed up and idle thought, exposing its emptiness. As Rutger Bregman observes in Utopia for Realists, you may simply be ahead of your time. The end of slavery, the emancipation of women, the rise of the welfare state, all were progressive ideas that started out as crazy and irrational, but were ultimately accepted as basic common sense. If we want to change the world, We need to be unrealistic, unreasonable, and impossible. Of course, the world's power brokers will continue to peddle their mind-numbing propaganda, assisted by experts and talking heads broadcasting their infinite deal of nonsense across the airwaves. As Homer reminds us, empty words are evil. But we of Christlike mind are not blown and tossed by every facile opinion, simplistic formula, pretension, or argument coursing through the world's media, entertainment, advertising, and conversation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Rather, we guard our hearts with all diligence, perhaps as the cherub now guarding Eden with his flaming sword, so that we may cultivate in the garden of our souls that which is pure, true, lovely, Admirable, noble, excellent, and praiseworthy. The Spirit of Subversion Quotes All things are at odds when God lets a thinker loose on the planet. Edith Hamilton This Jesus of Nazareth, he cried, this class conscious working man, this Union carpenter, this agitator, lawbreaker, firebrand, anarchist. Upton Sinclair, The Jungle. I was brought up by my mother on the Bible, and she told me something that I've never forgotten. She said the stories in the Bible are stories about the conflict between the kings who have power and the prophets who preach righteousness, and she taught me to support the prophets and not the kings. Tony Ben. March 2006 The consequences of living in the new way of the Spirit are, of course, revolutionary. Put a person on earth who sees to it that God's streams of living water flow from within him, and he will become a natural overthrower, as Christ was. He will challenge the established order of things, speak truth to power, as John the Baptist did, or Elijah before him, testify that what the world does is evil, and confront, as Oscar Wilde put it, a community corrupted by authority. He will decry hypocrisy, upset the prevailing views of his culture, break taboos, and defy society, government, corporation, and church when these interfere with the Holy Spirit. Christ led the way in overturning entrenched but corrupt practices breaking the financial code by throwing the money changers out of the temple, the religious code by labelling the Pharisees vipers, whitewashed tombs and hypocrites, and the family code by shunning his mother and brothers when they presumed to take charge of him. We who died with Christ to the basic principles of this world also conduct ourselves according to God's grace, This is what makes Christ such an outrage to the powers that be, not only in his own right, but in his expression through the generations of brethren to come. You've been listening to my audiobook recording of The Gourmet Gospel, and I'll continue releasing the book in installments over the coming months. Until the end of this month, the ebook is free at most retailers, and you can find links to get your copy by going to my website, poetprophet.com, where profit spelt P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Before I go, here's the latest from my Verses vs. Empire series. Get it? It's a homonym! The Wiki Man on the forced removal of Julian Assange from the Ecuadorian Embassy in London. Since consulates and embassies became arenas of brutality, we see Assange assailed by London's secret police, defiling sanctuary and sovereignty. Though Ecuador, for seven steadfast years, when Rafael Correa took his stand, showed principle. Now, craven and corrupt, Moreno serves American demands. The bribes, the threats of Bolton, Pence, Pompeo, to expedite expedient extradition. Blood money funds cross border kidnapping, renewed extraordinary rendition. Blatant contempt for international law, press freedom, Ecuador's own constitution, deporting one of their own citizens facilitating US retribution, opening the doors to Britain's officers, ever the servants of political whim, who dragged their quarry, kicking, screaming from once hallowed ground the means to silence him, along with publishers of principle, proponents of the public interest, prophets who would expose empire's atrocities, any who dare to challenge corporate profits. This shows the UK, US, Ecuador and others of that ilk to be the true Troika of Tyranny axis of evil. Though they've given assurances, do you believe they will not extradite to where torture is practised? Don't believe the bull. Cruel and unusual has become the usual. London's no safer now than Istanbul. Until next week, this has been Abdel Leroy.